Welcome to the Weekly Beat by Mansa with your hosts Arnold Segawa, Maggie Mutesi, and Dumi Jere, giving you all the info on Africa's big finance and economic stories. The Weekly Beat by Mansa. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks a lot for joining us on this episode of The Weekly Beats. I'm coming to you from uh, Dakai in Senegal. My name is Maggie Umotesi, and I'll be your host uh, in the driver's seat. And uh, joining us from Johannesburg is Dumi. Dumi, how are you doing? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. Thank you. Thank you for that. Um, uh, It's been a good week in Johannesburg. A lot happening on the political side of things. Mm. Uh, the ANC ruling government not quite getting the mandate it needed to uh, govern the cities, so it now has to go into coalitions with all these opposition parties. So it's interesting times. It's interesting times ahead. Mm. Joining us from uh, Addis Ababa in Ethiopia, Samuel Getakiu, and Samuel is an international journalist uh, covering finance and economics. Uh, first of all, how are you? Thank you. Um, everything. I mean, not everything, but um, it seems normal from my own experience. But uh, I'm sure lots of things are going on, but it seems quiet and business as usual, mostly. I just want to give our viewers uh, a few points before we get into the show. So we have the TPLF in uh, Ethiopia, which is the Tigray region, um, trying to close in uh, in Addis Ababa. Of course, there has been a civil war since November last year uh, when the prime minister launched a military offensive um, in Tigray region, saying that they had attacked the government's or the country's military base. Of course, he said this was going to take three weeks, but we're counting one year now uh, with the, the, the war still ongoing, a lot of people displaced uh, from what we're hearing. And uh, what we've seen in the past week is Ethiopia declaring a state of emergency for the next six months. The U.S. has kicked um, the country out of its AGOA program. Uh, embassies and different countries are calling on their citizens to leave Addis Ababa. But let's hear this on ground from Samuel. What's happening? Well, uh, I know for a fact that uh, many um, investors are worried and are concerned um, about the situation in Ethiopia. As you said, this conflict was, wasn't supposed to uh, take uh, a year, uh, even more. It was supposed to have ended back in December, but it has really uh, impacted uh, the nation. Um, a few months ago, the prime minister estimated the lost the resources in terms of uh, what, what's been happening is worth uh, about 100 billion uh, bir, which is about uh, just over $2 billion, not counting the weapons used. Mm. And much of the money that was spent was to destroy infrastructures and lives and so on. Uh, So you can only imagine how much money has been lost. But, you know, there hasn't been any good conflict or perfect uh, conflict in the world. Um, I mean, every conflict is expensive and it's not just the money, uh, human lives, but... In terms of money, it's just the conflict in Ethiopia has really overwhelmed uh, the economy. Um, as you said, it's Ethiopia's economy was one of the fastest growing. Ethiopia was once an aid-dependent nation that relied on aid only and maybe exporting coffee. Mm. But it was beginning to have industrial parks all over the nation. And even through um, the pact they had with the United States uh, started during 
George W. Bush, uh, there was uh, a trade pact uh, which benefited a number of nations, including Ethiopia, and that created, uh, by a, a local union uh, estimate, about 200,000 uh, direct jobs, and you can only imagine the indirect uh, uh, jobs. But because of this conflict, the Biden administration has sent mm. their intention to cancel that uh, uh, deal with Ethiopia. So that's going to have an impact. Mm. Um, high unemployment, uh, infrastructures that are continuing to be uh, destroyed, um, uh, people that are really worried about their safety. Uh, and that's where we are after a year. Ethiopia itself um, is a hundred million people. This is a country that right before the war was becoming a role model, you know, in many ways in terms of, uh, you know, how the economy was being run, in terms of how many people were running in to invest. I mean, Dumi, when you look at this, especially when we discussed a few months ago about um, Safaricom and MTN and all these and MTN. Mm. rushing to have a piece of the cake, what do you make of it? So I think for me, more than anything else, um, look, I try to look at uh, situations like this from a humanitarian perspective because um, when we when we think of the economic side, I mean, obviously we're talking money, yeah. and therefore money is always something that we can always. Uh, regroup and find again. However, when it comes to humanitarian as well as the human um, uh, the human rights crisis um, that is there, I think for me that's what comes to the fore more. Um, it's 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 been a it's been a full year now, and right now we're sitting in a stage where it's spilling over into other areas of the country, and uh, it it doesn't seem like there's any hope of an amicable situation, I mean, uh, resolution rather, let me call it that. It doesn't seem like there's going to be, there's a hope for any amicable resolution between the Ethiopian authorities as well as um, uh, all these other fighting forces. While on the one hand, the Ethiopian authorities need to urgently take, uh, call it serious action to ensure human rights as well as international humanitarian law uh, and that all of those things are respected. Uh, right now, it's looking less and less likely. One of the things I've had people say, and we actually wrote a story in the third opinion the other day, was that it might be too late to sit on the table and negotiate um, between uh, the Tigrinya people and TPLF and then and, and the government. And uh, one thing that was pointed out was that the TPLF was closing into the lifeline that links Ethiopia to the, boot, uh, the port of Djibouti. And actually, I've had a lot of analysts say, you know, right now they are closing in, and if they actually get there before the government does anything, Ethiopia is economically under siege. Just give us an idea about that, Samuel. Well, um, you know, Ethiopia is an important nation. Um, anything that happens on its roads or it's, it doesn't have a port, it uses... There was a time that they uh, threatened to... Uh, block, just like what happened in the Sudan, uh, block um, the highway that was coming to Addis Ababa, and everything suddenly changed the price of even basic onions. You know, Ethiopia exports much of its onion from outside. I don't know why Africans, we always rely on exports for basic uh, needs. That really played a role uh, and really impacted everyday Ethiopians. Mm. So, um, 
threats, accusations, allegations have been happening or come between different functions forever. Um, but again, um, it has really impacted not just the economy because a lady who barely makes, I don't know, um, you know, a few dollars a day, um, even if you raise an onion's price by a few cents, it really impacts her. But it's been really, uh, without being specific, it really has been a very confusing year for Ethiopia, but it has really also impacted every, almost everyone. Um, and that's, yeah, that's what, how I see it. That's quite, uh, you know, for me, I think the thing that I can't reconcile is that um, mm. I think it was November 2019, mm. we had the prime minister um, uh, in his acceptance speech uh, for the Nobel Peace Prize describing the war as an you know, epitome of hell. Um, how then does one move from a Nobel Peace Prize to now leading the forces against a war that... Um, yeah, many are calling, uh, well, short of a genocide. Mm. Um, he seemed to have done very well in his role, uh, ending the long-running conflict between, um, uh, what's the other neighboring country? Eritrea. Mm. And, you know, for pushing significant reforms in Ethiopia. What really went wrong? Was this whole situation just bubbling under? It's, it's all, I think it's always been bubbling under. I think it's difficult to blame it on one prime minister. Um, you know, it's a history that built up uh, to take Ethiopia where it is at the moment. Um, okay. There has been issues in the past, way before his yeah. time. Um, okay. Ethiopia has always been in conflict, endless conflicts, famine, overpopulated, um, had all kinds of issues. Um, and just to blame it on one prime minister would be a challenge. But mm. the fact is... Mm. Uh, the Nobel Peace Prize was the highlight, for, not just for Ethiopia, but for the continent. Um, yeah, and yes, once you yes, win the Nobel yes. Peace Prize, the expectation is high. Um, mm -hmm. You know, he was given the Nobel while he was on his political honeymoon. Um, and the expectation was high. And once you win a Nobel Peace Prize, uh, you, you tend to disappoint everyone. But, you know, mm. sometimes conflicts happen. Uh, there are many, many reasons for it. Mm. Um, and uh, again, Ethiopia is a large nation, had issues, endless issues. Um, Ethiopia is no different than most of the African nations, but there was hope Ethiopia was going to be a lighting uh, example for all of us in the continent and far beyond. So I guess for me, where to from here on? Um, obviously, there's lots happening in the Tigray region. Um, we're not just talking of um, basic services that have been limited, telecommunications as well, banks, because uh, as far as we know, the federal government instigated a blockade uh, in June after the rebels uh, recaptured the regional capital. I don't know if that's still the case on, or not for now, but there's lots that's going on. So from an economic perspective, from an investment perspective, um, I'm an investor sitting on the other side of the table in one of the other countries, I mean, one of the other 54 countries in Africa. Uh, where to from here? Do I just play a wait and see game? Do I uh, have faith in the government that they will uh, get hold of the situation? Or are we now turning into some um, one of the other countries where 
it's now going to be full-on war for the next who knows however many years um i, I to go back to your uh you know uh, what you said about the blockage there are two sides the ethiopian side is saying it's the other side the other side is saying it's the ethiopian side so it's an open debate okay. um i've yeah. far i've okay. seen lots of trucks go to tigray but the fact okay. is the question i had in my mind was is that enough um i'm mm. sure there are mm. um, you know two passionate versions of the same uh, thing that goes on but i mean um safaricom um you know reduced their prices because of the conflict um you oh, know okay. the their license to operate in ethiopia was supposed to be at least one billion dollars and they're paying mm. way way less so uh, safaricom is not a charity organization they made a decision based on the potential of the country and they knew the conflict mm -hmm. they signed mm -hmm. their deal during a conflict so they understand mm -hmm. and ethiopia is okay. not just 100 million it's 110 million mm -hmm. at least and it, it has yeah. one of the youngest people with spending power uh yeah. a middle class being created so um while the conflict will be an issue for many many years um yeah. Yeah. the country still has a potential has numbers has resources um yeah. and it still has a functioning government compared to other african countries mm. uh it's not a lost cause like somalia or yeah. south sudan yeah. uh, ethiopia is a diplomatic capital of uh the continent it, it really is i'm not just saying it because i'm an ethiopian but yeah, yeah, the the AU. it's important it's an important mm. an important nation not only au it hosts UN, many many yeah. headquarters mm. uh so it's 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 a, still an important um, nation comparable to our neighbors in kenya and obviously as we wind up the show i mean there's so much we can discuss about ethiopia but i, I guess before the profits come in it's about humanity it's about the people who are actually being affected and our prayer is that everybody stays safe is that we come to you know an amicable solution so that brings us to the end of today's uh, episode of the weekly beat thanks a lot for listening for those who would like to listen to the show again you can um, follow us on social media at master media underscore africa you can also check out our website www.mastermedia.africa just give us a shout out sign up for our newsletters you know and you'll be receiving all the recordings and all the amazing articles in your inbox all of these products are free we wish you a very productive week have a lovely day the Weekly Beat by Mansa, with your hosts Arnold Segawa, Maggie Mutesi, and Dumi Jerry, giving you all the info on Africa's big finance and economic stories. The Weekly Beat by Mansa.